Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. I'm your host, Keith Hall, and this is episode number nine. Today, we're going to talk to jazz drumming legend, Billy Hart. This is our first of two episodes with Jabali Billy Hart. And if you do not know who he is, uh, Billy is one of the most recorded and revered jazz drummers of all time. He's played with everybody from Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, Shirley Horn, Wes Montgomery, Jimmy Smith, Stan Getz. The list goes on and on. And he is continuing to reach. And uh, he just has this curious spirit about him. And he's always learning. And I've had the the great privilege of studying with him and knowing him for 30 years. And uh, just love this guy so much. So today uh, we're going to talk to him. And uh, I think it's going to be a great episode. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please do so and leave a comment there or a rating and please tell your friends. All right, let's get into this conversation with Jabali Billy Hart. Well, Billy Hart, welcome to the podcast. All right. Thank you for having me, Keith. Hey, man. <laughs> well, as uh, as many people know, you're my my musical father. You're my main mentor and uh I, I am so grateful to you for um, not only instilling in me so much uh, musical information and inspiration, but for just being a friend and, uh, you know, somebody that always is imparting wisdom. And uh, I, I just, I owe you so much. And I'm just, I'm grateful that you're, you're here and uh, I'm able to share you with everyone else today. Oops. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one of the things, uh, that you're sort of leaving out is that if if you have a teacher that you somewhat respect or whatever, it's because you were such a great student. <laughs> and I mean, for in case there's some potential students out there, remember, you know, it takes one to be one or something. <laughs> I know uh, someone once said, uh, when the when the student is ready. The teacher appears. You know, somebody did tell me that. Yeah. And I, I, where did you learn that? I, I don't remember. Uh, somebody said that to me years ago, and I never forgot it. Right. Me too. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I know who that was. And uh, I mean, the one that told me that uh-huh. was a, a, a Japanese guy, June, June Saito. But he used to come and, you know, he would come and help me set up my drums. And I'd say, you know, June, that's not really necessary. And that's when he came up with that. Uh, when was that? Oh, some years ago. Okay. Uh, you obviously are my teacher. You have, uh, since the early 90s, started to develop this way of teaching and relaying information uh, in a very personal and unique way based on the many decades of you traveling around the world. I wonder if you could talk about uh, maybe a memorable moment in your teaching career. The the first memorable moment is, of course, when I met you. Oh, boy. Right? You know, at uh, Western Michigan. And so I met you. I'm trying to remember what kind of cap that was you had on when I saw you. Oh, one of the little (laughs) koofy pillbox hats. 
and you, uh, I was introduced to you, and uh, and that's and you. Were, oh, I had just seen you play with the with the with the Gold Company, I think it was. Oh boy, you know. So I, I and I said something, you know. I, I guess I felt I had to have some kind of criticism to to you know it have something to have something meaningful to say. Right. You right. know, and uh, I forget what I said, but that's, that's how this thing started. And I was only basically doing that, that uh, job because my mother was critically ill. So I had to, uh, I had to stop traveling for a while. So this was one way that I could have, you know, uh, supported myself while I wasn't traveling. Right. So in that way, I could uh, spend so many days in Western Michigan and so many days at home with my mother. I know I ended up from that meeting uh, trying to decide something interesting to do. I ended up doing a couple of uh, things with drummers, but it wasn't concrete until the, the summer that that's I left that summer. I took a job in Belgium, a summer camp in Belgium. And when I walked into the camp, I walked into the room at the camp, there were 11 guys with drum sets. And, you know, that was, that was alarming in itself. <laughs> and, you know, these guys, I mean, Bel- you know, I didn't speak Belgium or anything. So, yeah. uh, of course, a lot of them spoke English, but that was the start of what I think we uh, ended up calling the drum choir, right. right? So I, in some kind of way, they had me back at Western Michigan because I was only supposed to have been there that first, you know, year or semester, but somehow, uh, you, you, we came back. I came back, and then, well, we couldn't get enough of you. I mean, once we had a taste of Billy Hart, I mean, you know. It's- we need more well it wasn't that much but it was you know, <laughs> so so we we did it again but this time i had more of an idea of how to put more than one drummer together and then i went back to belgium the next summer and this time it was 13 drum sets so it worked out too and then we came back and then somehow we we started what I guess we still call the drum choir. And then, of course, yeah. the rest is history because you've made something much greater than what I had anticipated from the beginning. So that's a, a, a memorable story for me as, a, as an educator. Well, thanks for, thanks for saying that. I mean, we're, we're trying to continue on with what, you know, the seeds you planted can you talk about what the drum choir means to you and the idea of playing with other drummers? What, where, where that concept comes from? That's, uh, that's an interesting question. I, I mean, I can think of a bunch of different ways. I think another question that you, we talked about uh, was um, what would you um, advise somebody that's, or me, if I was, you know, 20 years old, 
So that would be, um, besides trying to be some kind of uh, interesting, healthy person with great ideals, is to is to spend more time at the piano, mm. right? That's the that's the one thing uh, that I had been chasing. Uh, once I started becoming a professional. And that's how I was even suggested for Western Michigan in the first place, because I, I was, one of the things that I missed most was the, you know, to be able to study music academically, you know, and I never got a chance to really study. But I mean, if even if you don't get a chance to study uh, that way, Certainly, you can study on your own, and I think one of the best ways to study on your own, no matter what the instrument, is to study the piano. So that's that's what you would advise yeah, to yeah. A, a young yeah. drummer, or oh, yeah. if you had to go back and start over. Yeah, that's something you would you would do. Yeah, and I heard the great Max Roach said if he was going to start a drum school himself, he would uh, the first lesson, first drum lesson would be accompanied by a first piano lesson also. Mm. And that helped support my, you know, idea about that. Right. And so why is that it's so important to you to study the piano? Um, I mean, you're already, you're a master drummer. I mean, you, you are a master period and you know, you could, you could do anything you want. Why would you go back and study the piano? Because, uh, well, you knew, uh, I don't know if you remember that, you know, my grandmother was a concert pianist. Right. Well, but the, the, what a lot of drummers, I think even today, miss is being able to relate their drum patterns to harmonic movement, right? So, and I was lucky somehow because I was around my grandmother even though I didn't study the piano, I was uh, I was around enough uh, harmonic movements to relate at a very early age how to uh, how how to uh, relate my patterns, my rhythmic patterns to harmonic movement. Well, I mean, so so you're saying that certain chords, uh, either in their individual sound or the combination of the chord. Um, the chord changes together uh, that would cause you to play different rhythms. Oh yeah. Uh, um, not only that, but it, uh, by having some kind of way of relating to those rhythms, you can play certain patterns and somehow influence the, the, the harmony that you're going to, uh, that you're, that you're going to hear. I mean, that you, you, I feel that you can play certain patterns and and uh, cause harmonic movement from some of the other members in the in the uh, uh, groups that you're playing in. And where where did you get that concept? <laughs> <laughs> Just from listening, you know, because I, I grew up playing with a lot of records and stuff. So, you know, playing along with Art Blakey, Max Roach, Philly Joe Jones, and people like that, um, you could you could hear it. 
I, I, I could hear the relationship of the of the patterns to the uh, to the movement. And then when it gets to somebody like Elvin and Tony, you could see them sort of, or in my hypothetically, you could see the you could you could see the relationship. You could hear it. You could hear Tony play a certain thing, and 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 hear Herbie's response, and you can really sort of see that it was coming from Tony, or or if you uh, hear Elvin play a a certain thing uh you could hear uh mccoy's response and i uh, i heard what i thought i recognized and i began to look at it like that and and i began to say boy if i knew a little more about piano and then you realize that uh that kenny clark was originally a piano player jack d was originally a piano player uh Art Blakey, who was originally a piano player. Um, Tony Williams, uh, towards the end of his life, wrote pieces for chamber orchestra. Max Roach, of course, was originally a piano player. Uh, Philly Joe Jones was not only a great pianist, but a saxophone player and a bassist. And then you began- I didn't know that about Philly Joe Jones. Oh, look. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I talk to uh, uh, George Cables, you know, who I perform yeah. with in this group called the Cookers, right. and he was telling a story about uh, playing with Joe one time, and Joe came to him after the after the set was over, and said uh, he sat down at the piano. He said, "George, come here." He said, "Let me show you something." He said, um, "They were playing Stablemates, which is you know complex." harmonically and uh and so not only was he showing george that but george said what 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 really knocked him out was that that joe wasn't even looking at the piano he was looking at george up like this and playing the piano like this and saying you should you know do this wow you know i knew he hung out with tad dameron but i didn't to know obviously to what extent you know well, that was the first of two episodes with Jabali Billy Hart. Always great to talk to him. So much knowledge and wisdom and uh, passion for the music. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And in the meantime, be who you be and do what you do. Take care. Mama, mama.